I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters. I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who has been covering beauty, fashion, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll unearth what works and what you shouldn't waste your money on. Even if it's crazy, I'll hunt down the latest and greatest to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hi, everybody. It's Lauren Dimmitt Waters with Beauty is a Bitch. How are you all doing today? My guest today is Rachel Weingarten. She is a beauty historian, beauty expert, and consultant and former celebrity makeup artist. She's also an internationally recognized lifestyle writer, style expert, and the award-winning author of three nonfiction books. Her first book, Hello Gorgeous, Beauty Products in America, 40s through 60s, was a New York public library pick for books for the teenage and inspired a week-long in-store event at Henry Bendel. Ooh, that's very cool. And she's also a longtime columnist for Parade.com and writes most often about business and style and the business of style for many outlets, including Clear Voice, RD.com, Medical Daily, and many more. She's a former columnist for Career Site Letters. Uh, This goes on and on. Okay, she's also been a repeat guest on top morning TV shows, including Good Morning America, ABC News, and the Today Show discussing trends, business, and style. All right, but what we are going to talk about today is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that's basically beauty myths that make you feel old and crappy. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I apologize to anyone listening if they hear this irritating person in the background, that car. I'm so sorry about that. Um, They are obviously having a bad day. Yeah, (laughs) maybe they look really old today, and Mm -hmm. someone's making them feel crappy about it. Really crappy. Okay, so here's what I, okay, I've got a bunch of questions for you, so we're going to just jump right in. Let's Um, do it. Why does the beauty industry make us feel old, insecure, and crappy? So they can sell more products. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it comes down to the money. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's always the money. You know, it's show me the money. If you're not insecure, you know, you might not feel that it's urgent to buy that product. Um, incidentally, Lauren, you're just glowing and looking beautiful. I mean, not that anyone on the podcast can see that. Well, I'm um, glowing because I'm sweating, but we'll, we'll now talk. <laughs> okay. It's kind of a schwitzy glow. It's a schwitzy glow. Yeah. A schwitzy glow. <laughs> you know, um, I think most of us would remember it from Mad Men, where it was sort of giving you that feeling in the pit of your stomach. You know, um, you're not enough, you need more. Mm-hmm. And if you translate that to beauty, um, what does society do to women in general? It makes them feel insecure. Um, and when you're insecure, what should you do? Make yourself prettier. Um, for some women, that is a lip gloss. For other women, that is a $600 eye cream. Um, and for still others, that means let's just go in there, you know, Botox, nip and tuck, let's do everything. So I, I do think there's balance there as well. It's how confident are you? Um, how insecure do they want you to be? And how susceptible are you to advertising? Mm-hmm. And I don't say any of it like it's a bad thing. Um, I love beauty advertising. Obviously, my first book was about beauty advertising. Um, 
But I think it's a matter of you trying to decide, is that going to make you feel better? Or will it just make you feel like you need that next fix? Is it like the drug of choice? Um, well, so you're I, saying it's chasing that ideal, but who, where is this ideal coming from? I mean, is this like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know what I mean? Like, are we, are they causing this insecurity? Are we causing this insecurity? And why are we so susceptible to thinking that, you know, yeah. a $600 cream can fix this problem or, well, you know, make us feel better? Yeah. Sorry about that. Youth is uh, celebrated in our culture. It wasn't always, you know, it used to be that, um, you were a little older, you were a little wiser, and that was respected. And certainly many other cultures wherever, you know, the older person, the wiser one, the one with the experience to counsel, um, you know, in our own society, we either find women of a certain age invisible, mm-hmm. or um, we try to change them into something that they, they don't have to be changed into. I recently saw a series of Roman statues and those statues didn't, didn't become incredibly popular. And if you look at it, you say, this should have been the beauty ideal we follow. The Roman statues were older, unfiltered, um, you know, very imposing looking men and women. And interestingly enough, <laughs> one of the women, she was much older, wrinkled. And because this style had people half topless, she was still half topless. Her boobs were considered, you know, enough, lovely enough. Um, And obviously I'm being facetious, but the idea was, you know, before Instagram could filter you and before your smartphone could filter you, um, you might pose for someone who would spend months, you know, creating that statue of you and it would look exactly the way you did. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but the idea of trying to look younger, you know, um, the whole youth culture really started in this country in the 60s. Um, when that whole California ideal was started before then, there really wasn't the idea of younger being more beautiful. I mean, certainly if you go back, of course, in time, it was always the young beauty um, coming out into society. We can look at Jane Austen books. But in terms of the beauty industry, it didn't exist until, you know, CoverGirl in the 60s came up with that ideal. Um, and telling, you know, younger women, oh, you're on the beach and that whole, uh, Annette Funicello and that whole beach blanket bingo thing. And that became an ideal and a new level of insecurity. Um, as America tried to sort of, and Western culture in general, um, we moved away from the post-war generation and we looked at the fifties, you know, as sort of buttoned up and sixties became youth culture for the first time. You know, in the UK, it was the Carnaby Street culture. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, would be the demarcation. You know, Volkswagen was the advertising. It was a little playful. Um, and in terms of beauty, it went from being one thing to yeah. fractured. Yeah, to a couple of different things. Um, okay, so what are some of the myths then that the beauty industry would lead us to believe? Would you Everything. say? Everything is a myth. You know, again, I, I love beauty. You know, I, I, I make a large part of my living off of it. But um, the ideas that you are not as beautiful, um, you are not as viable. Why, why as a culture do we believe that men get better with age and they get sexier? And we see those little white uh, pieces, you know, the little snow over there. 
uh, by their temples and you kind of get like, oh gosh, isn't he gorgeous? And you look at a woman of a certain age showing some wiry white in the front and society would like you to believe eh, past her cell date. Um, we are operating under the old and misdated, you know, outdated um, ideal that, you know, when you're your most fertile, you're your most beautiful. Obviously, that's not true. Um, we are incredibly fortunate to have so many beautiful role models who in days past would not have been considered beauty ideals. Um, we have strong women that we can look at and say, oh my gosh, they are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about, let's say, Jennifer Lopez, who's in her 50s and who has clearly had a lot of help. Um, yeah. I'm not saying she doesn't work it. You know, clearly she works. Really? Right, right. But I'm saying we have Judy Dench. Um, you know, we have Viola Davis. We have Helen Mirren. We have, we have yeah. Oprah, who's just sitting there going, oh gosh, let me, let me have a new generation. Let me just be what I am on camera all these years. Um, we have Juliana Margulies. I don't even know where to begin. We have so many gorgeous women who are in ads. That's what I was really trying to go for there. Women who are, you know, part of that whole uh, beauty ideal or not beauty ideal. Um, in the UK, they have a 95-year-old matriarch. And I look at Queen Elizabeth, who's gone from, you know, the ball gowns and the sweet young thing to having her own style and um, cutting a cake with a sword. Um, we have these beauty ideals that weren't very visible even 20 years ago. That's a good point. That's a good point. So let me, let me ask you a question, though. Since, you know, I, it seems to me, though, that it's sort of this push-pull in your head. Like one minute, you know, I know I, and I've talked to other women, it's like, we're okay with it. And then the next minute, you might not be, you know, it could come crashing down. So what, what is it that we can do to turn that newsreel off in our head that, you know, we're old, we're, you know, past our prime, you know, how, how do you turn that off? I'm not sure that you ever can really turn it off unless you turn off your TV, um, cancel your magazine subscriptions, don't scroll through Instagram. Uh, culture at large breeds envy. Um, you're looking at your friend's baby and you're looking at your friend's incredibly decorated living room. So I think that's something that we have to pay attention to as well. It isn't just, oh gosh, um, I have wrinkles and you don't. It's cut gel. Look at that backyard. Um, I was just reading something, I think it was Warren Buffett said, and he was saying one of the greatest things that you can do for success is just stop comparing yourself to everyone else. Um, if you can find a way to disconnect the comparison at a certain point, if you can stop saying, you know, um, again, we do it almost instinctively. This is a podcast, but Lauren and I right now are looking at each other. And as soon as the camera came on, I'm like, oh my God, look at that halo of hair. And, you know, look at that glow. And oh my God, look at my ponytail. It's all over the place. You compare yourself. We live in a society that sort of drives that. Um, if not, there wouldn't be apps. You know, people wouldn't be posting, I walked 10,000 steps. Really, I ran 14,000 steps. Um, for some people, it's inspirational. For some people, it helps them. Um, do the next thing. But for others, it can be soul crushing. 
And certainly after this pandemic, I noticed, I mean, you know, we're, we're at the tail end. I don't know when this is going to air, um, but you have people who are like, oh my God, I've been eating Oreos for the last 14 months. And other people are like, really? Look at me. I'm wearing my jeans that I haven't worn in 14 years. It's that constant comparison. You know, instead of saying, looking in the mirror and saying, wow, this was a tough year and I look tired, but damn, I'm strong. It's maybe I should buy the $200 eye cream. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I can see that. I can see that the past year and a half has done a number on even the strongest of us. Yeah. I can see that. And I, I see, I see myself exactly like vacillating between the comparing and the inspirational, like you just said, like what, absolutely. you know, and it depends on the day I could look at the same thing. And one day I'm comparing myself and the next day I could look at the exact same thing and I'm inspired by it. Yeah. So, I, I'm not a person who journals. I wish I, I did, you know, I mm-hmm. scribble, I paint, I do lots of things. I don't journal, but I wonder if that would be helpful to some women the days where you just feel really good and wonderful about yourself to make a note of what happened right before that. And the day that you feel really pretty crappy, what happened right before that? Yeah. Um, did, did you run into someone you know, or were you in a, a department store and you know the woman there kind of gave you the painful heart sell where it's like, oh gosh, you're so beautiful, except for those dry patches and lines by your lips. You know, that's, yeah. that's, Painful. And then and then you're out six hundred dollars on crap you never use. Right. Or and then you feel bad every time you look at it. You're like, exactly. oh, six hundred dollar crap that was gonna make me look amazing. Right. Um, or or you just feel stupid for being a sucker, which you know it's uh-huh. funny because I I know when I'm being sold and marketed, yet I I I appreciate a good job sometimes and I just throw that credit card down just like the rest of them. Yeah. I got I, it. I got it. Uh, yeah. In the overlong introduction, one of the things that we didn't discuss is um, I actually, I teach marketing, beauty history, um, beauty marketing. So in my work in that, in um, helping people create products and launch them, I often have this, this challenge. How can I make people feel good about using this product without making them feel insecure? And one of my clients got hit by the FDA and they said, you're making all these claims. It sounds like it's a magic potion. That's, that's what the attorney who confronted them said. Mm-hmm. And I took that upon myself to really look at those claims. And it was insulting. And these were really pricey cosmetics, you know, really pricey cosmetics. And um, I, I tried to understand who would buy this to feel bad about themselves. You know, why, why would you do that? No, you and would think they would buy it to feel good about themselves. Yeah. I, 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 um, I apprenticed back in my makeup days, I apprenticed to, I don't drop names about anybody I've worked with because, you know, it's just good business. Right. Uh, I apprenticed with a makeup artist who is no longer with us and people marveled because he, he had legions of loyal celebrity fans. They would literally say they can't go to an event if he hasn't done their face. And um, it was way in the beginning of my makeup career and I sat in with him and I was horrified by what he did. He would sit there by some of the greatest women we know in our time and he would chip away at their confidence. Oh, God. 
Yeah. So, so let's say there was someone who we think is beautiful, but maybe her nose was a little bigger. He would chip away at that until she was practically in tears. And by the time he did her makeup, she was so grateful to oh feel and I felt like, and, and he was considered a real ally to women. You know, oh, he makes women feel beautiful. But what people didn't know was only after he made them only feel, feel terrible. Oh, God, that's awful. It is awful. But that really stuck with me. And, um, I, I, and when I did makeup, that also stuck with me. Because when I see people, I only see their best features. So in our conversation, I mean, I can see if someone's theoretically unattractive but I laser focus on what is beautiful about them. Exactly. And maybe that's a challenge I'll issue to anyone who's listening. Yes, when you are feeling like not, not beautiful, can you just look at the part of yourself that is? Can I you agree. look at those that's- white teeth and smile and your sparkling eyes? Can you look at your curly hair or your cheekbones? L- look at that thing and know that that's how the world sees you. Um, yes, most of the world. <laughs> Well, they Most of them. that way, then forgot them. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, 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 I come from a place where I used to be so judgmental about that kind of stuff. And there are rules and it was black and white. You're either pretty or you're, because it's the fashion yeah. and beauty industry. And like, I don't know. I just had this epiphany a while ago. It's like, let's just flip the script and look at it from, you know, a different angle and go in with the positivity. And it's really quite lovely to look at things that way. And I, you know, and it's, I, I so much prefer being on this side of it. So when I see, when I hear a story about like this makeup artist, you know, just breaking down a woman, um, breaking her confidence, which is really just abusive. If you think about it. Um, but he was so nice. Such a lovely way, right. He'll be abusive with a smile on your face. And, you know, to tear someone down, and I'm sure he did make them look beautiful, but he probably could have done that without tearing her down, you know? And, and that's really unfortunate because I think a lot of these, you know, celebrities and Hollywood women, like, I, I don't know if you follow, um, I'm going to mention her name because I find her Instagram so interesting as Paulina Porsakova. Right. Sure. Just today, she put up a picture of herself, um, as is, you know, with, you know, not a lot of work, but she's still gorgeous, but she's got wrinkles and, you know, she's definitely, you know, no longer in her twenties and she's beautiful. And she said, you know, I first looked at this picture. I thought, oh my God, I'm my grandmother. And, you know, she, she was like looking at the negative. And then she said, the longer she looked at it, she realized she was beautiful. But can you imagine being a model like her? And she was like the epitome of, of beauty. Sure. And, and she still is, in my opinion. And she, I can't imagine the things that you can tell that she has been broken down and how to build herself back up, you know, because people, when you're a model like that, they're going to criticize you because they feel they, well, they can, because they're paying you. You're, sure. you know, I, I just am so thankful. I'm not in that position. I can't even imagine the struggle that she has. You know, I have often wondered what it must be like to age on camera. Yeah. Um, you look at someone like Elizabeth Taylor, who every moment was caught from when she was a small, young, perfect girl um, till when she was an exquisite younger woman. And then her weight became so criticized. And Polina Partskova has, she's spectacular. I went to quickly look at the photo in question. Um, right? 
Oh, she's magnificent. I had been following her account. Um, I think her life experience is also important to put it into perspective. You know, her marriage to Rico Kazik and the fact that he effectively left her with nothing. Um, I think a lot of us, obviously, you know, uh, hey, I haven't been married to a great rock star, but many of us have been battered, you know, over the years. And I don't mean physically, I mean, life takes it out of you. Yeah. Um, I, I know I came back from a major illness and had to rebuild it. You look at the face in the mirror and you don't recognize it anymore. Now, imagine for Paulina, we're on a first name basis right now. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so imagine she's used to that, you know, the body that's been on every magazine cover and suddenly society maybe sees someone else. And what she has done is transform that experience and share the rest of us. Um, so I think that's a really, really brilliant example because her whole life was artifice mm -hmm. and now she's saying, look at this face. Which is uh, also, she also, you know, appreciates her body. Like I've been following her and she's like, you know, she used to hate her knees, you know, because someone pointed out that they weren't whatever perfect. And now she's like, but these knees hold me up and, you know, and it's true. I think like if you come back from an illness, I know I've come back from my own, my own things. And, you know, it makes me appreciate, I think that's probably why I, I see things differently now. I'm not yeah. as, because I I've been to the other side and I'm just so grateful for, you know, coming out on the other side. Okay. And I just look at things differently now with a lot more gratitude, a lot more graciousness. And, and I, I would just hope for women that are really critical of themselves that maybe haven't experienced something that is so life-changing that they, you know, that you shouldn't have to experience that just to have right. that change. Right. That, you know, cause I, of course I don't wish that on anybody, but oh, well, I don't wish it on anybody. Right. But I, the, but I what I've gotten no. out on the other side has been so fantastic that, um, you know, but I still have days where I'm like, I'm, I, I'm fine with my age and everything. And then there's other days where I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell happened? When did this happen? Wasn't I, you know, 25, just like, you know, five minutes ago. And it's just like, you know, in a blink of an eye, and then I can start going down this dark path, and I just have to snap myself out. And I don't journal either. It's just a matter of yeah. coming out of it. I think we, we went off on a tangent there, didn't we? We went off on a tangent, but because we did, I really want to make one point. Um, you know, I mentioned Oprah earlier. I'll be honest, I'm not a tremendous fan of Oprah. When she said that she hasn't gone through therapy, I thought, well, then why did you have a show where you told people to change your lives, but you didn't have uh, the experience, you know, and you sort of left everyone to fall? Um, I think what we as women and society also should be more gentle with um, are the days when aging is painful. Um, I have many older female relatives, you know, um, who are exquisite. But there are days when aging is hard to deal with. There are days when their bodies betray them. And it's not only because of an illness. And it's hard to feel beautiful on that day. Yes, you know, it's very hard to feel. So I think we should be forgiving also. Yes, we're grateful for the amazing things. But sometimes life sucks and that's okay too. I don't have to snap out of it immediately. Exactly. Sometimes I just kind of go with it and I hope yeah. that some sort of some sort of, um, I don't want to say like learning lesson, but you know, something that I can, I can just flip the, 
flip the angle a little bit and maybe get a nugget Absolutely. of something out of there. Absolutely. Yeah. Great rainy days. We need those too. I don't live in California and I think, how could I do that? You know, every day sunshine. I need my sweatpants days. You know, I need the days where I'm wearing those awful leggings too. And, you know, I answer the door and the UPS guy looks at me like, really, <laughs> you know? Or he's not. That's, that's what you're telling yourself in your head. You know what I mean? Like, again, yeah, that's- Sometimes you're just not going to be cute, yeah. but don't waste it. You know, that day that you're hot, walk down the street and own it. Yeah. I don't care if society tells you you have to be, you know, 26. You are hot today. And I, I am your plus one on that. You know, it's like- <laughs> I love that. I love it. So let me, let me, um, ask, well, we kind of already touched on a couple of my questions. Like, you know, do you think this past year has changed our attitudes towards beauty in the long term? Like, do you think that this is going to carry on or do you think we're going to go right back to where we were? I mean, it sure seems like the, uh, the Kardashians haven't skipped a beat. So, (laughs) you know, they were never real women to begin with. Uh, No, you know, they, that entire culture and subculture has, uh, done a number on younger women who believe this is reality because they've told us it is. No, um, I wonder how that's going to play out like in 20 years yeah. on women that have altered themselves yeah. to look like that. And they look like they're walking around with a filter on them. Yeah. And when you see yeah. it in real life, I mean, I do a double take. There's no, because it just looks so odd. Um, it looks so odd. And these are people, I'll go back to your question and then I'll answer. Um, I actually taught a class a really fun class. It was in partnership with LVMH and it was at Parsons and called it a short history of beauty culture from Cleopatra to the Kardashians. And it was a great class. Oh my God. I loved my students. They were many of them Chinese and learning um, about the American luxury culture. Mm -hmm. And that was fascinating for me to learn from them. But um, I believe we're all changed. I don't see how going through this can happen in your unscathed or unchanged. But then again, there are people who weren't as impacted as deeply. Um, I lost family in this pandemic. I, I broke up with a great love of my life right before. So it was much sadness. Well, you had um, a lot of time to think of, oh God, I'm so sorry. And you cry on the kitchen floor. Yes, I did. Oh. Um, but we're good. You know, it's good. Interestingly enough, I think we have learned very different coping mechanisms. Um, my friend Karen is Karen Diverson, president of the Accessories Council. I learned something very interesting about what goes on. I thought, oh my gosh, the accessories business is going to be dead. And she said, no, everyone is going crazy for earrings on Zoom. I mean, so how resilient are we? Yes. You know, on the one hand, Mm-hmm. People were talking, oh, I'm not going to wear bras. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, let me wear these dangling earrings and, you know, crazy lipstick. I know I had many, many, <laughs> many, many meetings on Zoom. And finally, at one point, I'm like, I love hats. I'm going to wear my damn hat on my couch for this meeting. And I, I think we went in several different directions. Yeah. Some people, it became, I'm never wearing makeup again. And I'm never wearing a bra again. And for some people, it became, oh, I'm going to embrace color in a way I never did. I was that person. I'm suddenly, you know, color um, as opposed to basic New York black. Um, Do I think it will last, you know, that huge impact? I really don't, you know. I'm sad. 
parts of the, yeah. the good parts, you know, I mean, obviously the bad parts, they can go away right now, but there were yeah. some, you know, there were some good things to come from it. And I'm afraid that it's going to be lost in us. But I do think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel that because some people learn to pivot, I think some things will forever be changed. Like, I, you know, I think uh, for me, Absolutely. like press events, um, I don't, that I don't have to run into New York city all the time. I don't know how, I don't know if I want to give that up again. You know, if I want to go back, like I like having all these press events virtually. It's great. It doesn't take up my whole day. You know? And I get sick every time I go to one of these things. I mean, how many air kisses can you share before you catch the next round of foodies? You know, it's like, that. Um, I don't miss that. Well, and, you know, it's funny, even though, even though we have, you know, you might be inoculated from, from, you know, COVID and you've gotten your my doctor, like I've taken my kids, colds are happening. Our immune systems are shot now because we're not used to, we're wearing masks all the time. So we're catching, now we're going to start catching. As soon as those masks come off, boy, oh boy, watch out. I know. I know. I keep thinking about the subways, which I've effectively avoided for a year. I haven't been on the subway in a year and a half. I know. Yeah. You know, right before the pandemic hit, it was, um, I was on the subway going to a meeting or probably eight meetings in a row. Right. And there was this exquisite woman standing in front of me. She was Asian and she was already coming from a place where COVID hit. She, it was um, the Lunar New Year and everything about her was perfect, including her mask. Yep. You know, I, I think that normalization of um, using something to transform to beauty you saw the people who would only wear the icky surgical masks and then you saw people who it just became part of who they are. And maybe that's a lesson we can learn about aging as well. Um, the mask protected us from illness, but there were still people who said, um, it's on my face. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. And I started having fun with them. That's for sure. I, yeah. I have a Wonder Woman mask. You know, I bought that early on. I'm like, damn, this is on my face. Mind you, I'm, I'm can't wait till I never have to wear them again, but you know, but, but I'm still going to continue to wear one. I I don't think I'll ever ride on an airplane again without one on, Um, you know, same with the subway, the train. I mean, anything like that. I don't think I'm giving that up anytime soon. That's that's an experience that, um, maybe someone who's 20 would not have those thoughts, but someone who's had a bit of life experience, you know, or one for the chicks with experience. Um, we understand that not everything is about looking beautiful in that moment. No. Do you look cute with your mask as without it? No, but it's wise and it's light. So but I've also learned to express myself better with my eyes, which I probably didn't before. You know, I've learned how to communicate sure. a little differently. Mind you, I hate these masks. God forbid I walk in anywhere where it's hot. I'm like, <gasps> you know, I'm like pulling it off, but but you know, you, you just, and I saved money on lipstick, no doubt. Um, so there's that, you know, silver lining. So oh, I have another question for you. Sure. Well, well, I, I knew we would get off on a tangent cause I find this all so fascinating. Um, but it, <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, it seems like beauty trends are at hyper speed these days. And why is that? It's so much faster. Same with fashion. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know about that, but why is it so fast now? We used to have to work really hard to get at the trends. Um, as a teenager, when I had a blue streak in my hair, um, I was a freak. 
you know, and now you might see your sweet grandma with a blue streak in her hair. Um, you know, for work, it's interesting enough, the back of my hair is purple, but professionally, I don't think I should run around with purple and fuchsia hair. Um, so I, I think it's, okay, so let me go back to the question. Um, the internet changed everything and Instagram changed everything and social media changed everything. Um, I used to spend a fortune every month um, going to track down international magazines and my God, the gorgeous photography and trends, you know, looking at what came next um, and and wondering how can we incorporate it? And when I was doing makeup, um, will this work for my clients? You know, they're going to be on TV or they're going to be modeling. Is this something that actually works? And then suddenly you had the internet and in the dawn of the internet, it sort of crawled slowly and we started seeing all of this but the beautiful part of this hyper immediate look is um i've been working on the internet since way back when um and back then i used to get emails from people um i worked with most of i still do but i work with a lot of the cosmetic trying to help figure them out how to go online and uh yeah, that line didn't make sense, but okay. Uh, I used to get emails from young girls who were pretty early adopters on the internet and they felt ugly. You know, I, I'm a freak, I'm weird. And I watched as things changed. And the people who maybe would have defined themselves as the freaks or the weirdos were suddenly saying, hey, this is cottagecore. You know, this is, this is the new trend. Um, this is my color. This are my features. This is my disability, and I've made it beautiful. So with that immediacy, um, as you'll see, I always try to look at the beauty in things, literally. Um, With those crazy, sped-up trends, we also have the ability for people to find themselves. You know, the dark side of that immediacy is all the hate that's on the internet and that speeds and the ignorance that's devastating. But if you look for beauty, you will find it. And those trends, you know, okay, I'm not talking about like the hideous eyebrows that are like five inches thick that were like, you know, glued on vinyl. Um, Some of those trends can die and never come back. But um, the beauty trends and what's in, what's next. And it's sort of ironic that we can go way back, you know, way beyond the Kardashians that we discussed and say, no, you know, this, this, um, over surgerized aesthetic that that's not pleasing to us and i hope that's something that goes away i hope that that kind of goes away but i don't know if it will i I just don't even though their show's over but they don't you know they're they're not going going anywhere i know that's what i'm afraid of i know it's just what's coming next you know and you know what i was kind of laughing at what you said about your hair so you kind of got like the mullet thing so you're all business in front and a party in the back right i have a color mullet i, I literally wrote a blog post i said i have a color mullet because yeah. honestly you know i have serious business meetings and as much as everyone might run around with rainbow hair now um so you've was, adapted for zoom is what you've done basically that is exactly what i've done you uh-huh. know and uh-huh. like, i like it i think it's pretty pretty ingenious actually um, conversation starter. Did it? I bet. So uh, now that we're talking about hair, here's my next question. Sure. What about the gray hair trend or the bare face celebrity trends? Do you think these are positive for women in general? Yeah. Um, okay. 
So the reason that these were things I, I'm really happy to discuss, uh, the gray hair trend, I think is phenomenal. So do I. Um, I, you know, you see so many people who have scary, dark colored hair and you go, it doesn't suit you. You know, maybe we don't have to have the look we had 20 years ago. And I've seen a lot of my friends embrace their curly hair or their gray hair and let it grow. <laughs> Your hair is adorable. Uh, everybody, Lauren's hair is super cute. Um, I love the gray hair trend. And I'm not talking about the one that came before, you know, where the millennials were. And I, I'm not saying the millennials, like all oh, of the millennials, um, where younger people were dyeing their hair gray. And you said, why would you do that? I'm talking about women who maybe hit 40 or 30 if their hair went gray younger and said, um, no, I'm, I'm not on that hair color treadmill anymore. Um, and there are so many products that can help yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, it's true. It's true. I think it looks great on, on many women. I think it looks fantastic. There's, there's always a few, you know, but I think, yeah. but I and think you can go back. You yeah, can go back, you know, exactly. if you don't like it. I listen, I tried to grow. I, I wanted to see what was going on for, you know, the first few, well, I'd say, I think I lasted about two months into the pandemic. I saw what was happening and I'm like, no, not for me, not for me, but <laughs> It's, it's another one of those really personal things. Um, I have so few gray hair that I sometimes feel like I'm a freak. I can actually count them. Oh. And my sister looks at me with revulsion when I say, oh, look, I have a gray hair, you know, because I have a new one here. And it's, I, I actually know how many I have. And for other women who battle it, um, it becomes something painful. Yeah. So for some people, it's a sign of aging. And for some people, it's like, oh, my hair is cool now. Um, as to the bare-faced celebrity, I, I think these two topics go together. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's disingenuous, all the celebrities who come out there and say, oh, look at my naked face. Um, because you just went to your facialist who you paid $1,700 to do whatever it is that they do. You're under perfect lights. Um, you're filtered and you're probably wearing some makeup. Exactly. Exactly. Even the yeah. men, a lot of the men are wearing some makeup, even though, you know. Yeah. When, right. when I do makeup, I remember there were a couple of times where people, you know, guys would ask me to airbrush six packs um, on for yeah. them. And I'd be like, but you're wearing a shirt, you know, like, <laughs> well, if the light hits it a certain way, you know. Oh my God. But yeah, that was fun. So it was like, Okay, here you go. Um, it's not real. And I think that's part of what we have to, some of it is so carefully crafted to make us believe um, that these celebrities are more perfect than they are. And they're not. Well, that's and why they have the filters. And that's why, you know. <laughs> exactly. They could make a filter on us back now. Yeah. So, so what would you say in conclusion? So when I say beauty myths that make you feel old and crappy, basically it seems to me that you are saying, and I would, I think I agree with this if this, if I'm saying this correctly, that it's really up to us to turn that noise off in our heads. Yeah. And, and that's a challenge. I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, but I think that sometimes you have to say, well, who am I, this person? How did I get here? Um, what are the amazing things I've lived through? Um, that wrinkle, you know, that laugh. Why, why would you want to hide all those years of laughing? 
And again, I'm, I'm not pretending any of this is easy. But I, I think it's a little corny. You always say, would you ever talk to your best friend that way? I would never talk to my best friend the way I talk to myself in my head. Yep. You know, uh, and our, I'm our, our inner mean girls, our inner mean girl. Yep. And I think I'm a tremendously confident person. And um, I, I really feel that my mission is to always make other people feel better and beautiful because wouldn't you rather be in a world where everyone's smiling at you and feeling great? I don't understand why anyone would want people to feel badly about their looks or what they are. feel better. That's why it's all, that's why I've realized that it's, it's knock other people down so you can feel better about yourself. And that's a really sad way to live. I think personally. So, you know, then, then maybe there's a little challenge we can offer people. Um, I always give people compliments. I can find something nice to say about practically anyone practically they're including the person honking their horn exactly um maybe a challenge we can offer people is when you're not feeling great about yourself give someone else a compliment because the smile they're going to give you um will make you realize just how beautiful you are and how amazing you are and again not corny i I do yeah yeah confidence yeah there's there's a way there's a way to deliver it where it doesn't come off as disingenuous and sappy you know yeah and the whole yogic outlet that outlet outlet um ideal where you're doing namaste you're bowing to the divine presence in another person i am bowing i am acknowledging the beauty that's in you even if you don't see it on your face right now oh i love that that's so awesome i i i like that I, it's it's taken me a while to get there, and uh, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I've arrived. <laughs> me too. Me too. Uh, life I, is a lot better when you look at it this way. I mean, I still like to keep a sense of humor about it, and I'm still very like, you know, the way I am. That's never going to change. But I do like that I have learned to see things very differently, not so critical on sure. myself or on others. But I think we're. I think I'm probably hardest on myself where I was, as I think most of us probably are. Mm-hmm. And then you know, we just have to like chill out and not give in to all of this. And you can only feel as crappy as you allow yourself to feel. That's what I think. You know, um, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I do think some of us um, come from difficult places, yep. difficult childhoods, difficult backgrounds, um, people who have suffered abuse. And I'm not saying that's why some people feel crappy, but I'm saying sometimes those scripts, you think you have to carry it with you your whole life and you don't. Oh, you for know. sure. For sure. It took me a long time to get rid of, to, to at least break apart the script that, you know, I thought was, was me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't abused and I wasn't, you know, but I, I had had some very influential people in my life that just saw things in a very black and white, sometimes negative way. And I've just decided to turn that off, you know, but I had to yeah. learn, you know, I just, it's something, which is something that I learned with age, which is something I would not give up. And I probably wouldn't, you know, if I were still in my twenties and looked the way I did in my twenties, I wouldn't know what I know now, you know, so there I'd be. And I probably wouldn't have appreciated what I had back then. Just like, you know, I didn't back then and I probably wouldn't again. Knowing yeah. That. Um, I, no, I'm glad you said that because to modify, I, I don't mean that every bad feeling comes from abuse or at that place, but there are scripts we fed and to go right back to the first thing we talked about, Sometimes it's just the advertising you saw when you were a kid or a young woman in your formative years. And I do believe that this confidence you talked about and a lot of, you know, the kind of stuff I try to project 
I didn't have it when I was 20. And, you know, you look at those pictures, you go, oh my God, how cute were you? And you were feeling like crap. What's the point? Oh yeah. Like when I thought, you know, when I thought I was fat and those pictures, now I look at them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so thin. (laughs) Yeah. Society does a number on us. Maybe we just need to reset it. I know. Just reset it. The pandemic, maybe that can be our collective goal post-pandemic. Let's just reset it. Yeah. I, I pray that we don't go back. I mean, certain things. You know, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of anger coming out now that was pent up. Yeah. uh, It's, you know, but let's hope that it doesn't carry over into, you know, the beauty industry. So this has been fascinating. Thank you so much. This was actually a lot more positive than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Well, that's my thing. I really, I, I make it my mission in life to try to make people feel beautiful no, it's because. good. No, I just, I just thought, you know, we'd have a field day because I'm like, you know. Oh, I can do that too. But, yeah. you know, um, there's so much negativity out there. I try not to put it into the world. No, that's good. I'm glad we didn't go to the negative. You know what I mean? It's so I easy do. to do that. So I okay. think next time we can. Next time we can. We'll come back and go full on negative. But thank I really appreciate it. It's been so fun talking to you. I'm so happy. I loved it. We're, we're going to wrap it up. Um, if, if anybody has any more questions, uh, contact me and, uh, you know, I will make sure that they get on to Rachel. Um, we are going to wrap this up. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new Pro-Aging Podcast Weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Take care, everyone, and until next time, Stay safe, stay well, and stay positive. Bye.